Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you here today at Drive-In Church. We're also grateful for those gathering with us through Facebook Live, through Dial-In Church, whatever means uh, we have to gather during these times. We're grateful to the Lord for that, even though it's not, you know, ideal. It's not what we are all uh, hoping for. What we're hoping for is to really gather together uh, in person in the sanctuary, but for now, during this time, uh, God has given to this. And I'm so grateful that God's Word is powerful and effective. His Word is not bound. So thank you for coming. I'm Pastor Adam uh, Jensen. I'm the, uh, the senior pastor here at Maple Park Church. And if there's any way that we can, can be a blessing to you, to reach out to you, uh, to minister to you, to pray for you, to lead you to Jesus, uh, please do reach out uh, to us. It is really our amb ambition here as a congregation to lead people uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it's to lead people who know the Lord in prayer and in some sort of ministry of the word, or whether it's introducing somebody to Jesus Christ for the first time as Savior. I want to thank you for coming today. Today we go to John chapter uh, 14. John chapter 14. We're going to be looking at the first six verses today of, of John chapter 14. These are very familiar words. Sermon is entitled today, A Brand New Home. And I want you to know that Jesus, that Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross and he was resurrected from the dead. And he went to prepare a brand new home for you in his death and in his resurrection. And that's what we look forward to as Christians. And that's what gives us confidence and courage in this life. So John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. And Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We humbly ask that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us hearts to receive. And then, Lord, I pray that we would live today in this confidence uh, that you have redeemed us, that you have gone to prepare a place for us, a brand new home in heaven. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that this reality would give us com confidence and comfort today as we do live in a perilous world. So, Lord, may we live this word out in our lives. May we believe it, trust it, and may it affect us today in all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Jesus has prepared a brand new home for you. It's an eternal home. It's a home kept in heaven for all believers. That's why Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Uh, people are afraid of many things. I looked it up. I haven't looked this statistic up for a long time, but I simply Googled, uh, what are people afraid of? Statistically, what are people afraid of? And on the top 100 list of things that people are uh, afraid of, people fear, people fear those things that threaten their life. People fear those things which threaten their physical life. So I think it's safe to say that people are afraid of dying 
or more specifically, those things that threaten to kill us. And this, this pandemic that we're in the middle of right now really has brought that fear to the surface of our human experience, that people are afraid of dying. So I ask this, do you, do you as a Christian have an answer to, to humanity's pervasive fear of death? Do you have an answer for your neighbor who's afraid of dying? Does the church have an answer for humanity? Do we have something to offer humanity? If people are afraid of death or if they're afraid of those things that threaten our, our, our lives, our very physical lives, do we have an answer to that fear? When I examine my, my own life, when I examine my own anxiety, and by the way, I do have anxiety, I have an anxiety disorder, and when I look at the, at the deep past struggles that I've had with anxiety and with those anxious, ruminating thoughts, it had to do with the safety of my wife and kids. I was, I was afraid of them dying. And still sometimes as my mind wanders, those anxious, intrusive thoughts of those I love being harmed or killed come to the surface. But, but now I'm, I'm learning to meditate upon the truth of God's word and the truth of who God is and the truth that he is in control of all things, and that he holds us in life, and that he holds us in death. So, so I'm learning that I, I do not need to fear death. And one of the reasons I do not need to fear death is because Jesus has gone to the cross, and he was raised from the death. He has gone to prepare a brand new home for me. He has gone to prepare a brand new home for my wife, for my children, and he has gone to prepare a brand new home in heaven for you and for all people. So yeah, surveys reveal this pervasive fear of death. And Jerry Seinfeld jokes about it. He said that surveys reveal that people are more afraid of dying, or more afraid, actually, they're more afraid of public speaking than they are afraid of dying. And it's true. Public speaking oftentimes comes before even death on surveys of what people are afraid of. And Seinfeld says that means that, the, that at the average funeral, most people would rather be in the coffin than be up there giving the eulogy. So true. There are many things that we're afraid of, but no doubt death is at the top. So our answer to this pervasive fear of death is Jesus and everything that Jesus offers to us in his word. And what does Jesus promise us? A brand new home in heaven for eternity. This has been the longing of believers, the longing of believers to enter our brand new uh, home in heaven. This is something that we all long for. And I want you today to listen to Paul's longing for this brand new home. And also I want you to take note of Paul's perspective in life and in death. So if you have your, your Bible today, I invite you to turn with me. Uh, to Philippians, Philippians chapter uh, 1, beginning with verse 21. 
Listen to what Paul says about living and dying. He says, for me to live is Christ and to, and to die is gain. So for him, living is a win and for him, even dying is a win. So for him, it's a win-win situation. Philippians 1, 21, for me to live is Christ. This is a good thing. And for me to die is gain. So for you, brothers and sisters in Christ, life is a win. Because you live this life today with Jesus. And death is a win because he has gone to prepare a new home for you in heaven. Because of Jesus, we win. We win because Jesus won the victory upon the cross. So Paul says, if I live, I win. Because today I live in Christ. And Paul says, if I die today, I win. Because I go to my brand new home to be with Jesus. So for for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. He says, I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. That is far better. And, and believers in Jesus Christ, those who trust Jesus as a savior, you know that your brand new home in heaven is far better than our labor here on earth. Because the Bible teaches us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. My desire, Paul says, is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But then he says in verse 24, but to remain in the flesh... To remain on earth in this life is more necessary on your account. So Paul knows that it's necessary for him to remain here. In other words, Paul says, I'm, I'm still needed for a mission down here. Paul says, Jesus isn't finished with me yet. Now in this, there's a lesson for you and I. When we long to be with Jesus in our brand new heavenly home, and Jesus allows us to remain here. It's a reminder from Jesus that it's not your time yet. It's not your time yet. And many, many aged saints that I have visited, they wonder, why hasn't the Lord taken me yet? Why hasn't the Lord taken me yet? And the reason, Jesus still has work for them to do down here. Then Paul says in verse 25, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Ultimately, what is Paul's aim? Paul's aim in life and his aim in death is that Jesus would be glorified in his life. That's his aim. So if Jesus be glorified in his, in his living, then let it be so. And if Jesus is glorified in his death, then let it be so. And this should be our perspective in living and in dying.
that no matter what God's plan is for us, that we would bring him glory and honor, whether it's in living or in dying. So what a beautiful perspective on life and death. We know that our brand new heavenly home is better by far. But if God allows us to remain here in our temporary home on earth, we know that we win because we have the victory in Jesus. Did you know that today you have the victory in Jesus? You win with him. But I want you to listen to this. To win with Jesus here on earth doesn't mean that our life is free from difficulty and suffering. We suffer in this earthly life. We won't be free from suffering until we enter that brand new home in heaven with Jesus. And if you know your New Testament, you know that that Paul suffered. The apostle Paul suffered. And do you know where Paul was when he wrote his letter to the Philippians? You know where he was? He was in prison. As Paul wrote to the Philippians, he was in prison. He was under house arrest. He was in a sort of forced quarantine. But his quarantine was way worse than the quarantine that we're under today. Paul had Roman soldiers guarding him, keeping an eye on him to make sure that he didn't didn't get away as he awaited trial. Yet Paul wrote about his joy in the Lord as he was under house arrest. Paul suffered. And we need to understand Paul's perspective in life and death and his perspective in suffering. He didn't live with the false expectation that to have victory in Jesus, to win in Jesus, to win in living today, means that we escape bad things in this life. You see, Paul understood that suffering is a part of this life. And Paul also believed that that God uses the sufferings of this life to draw us into a closer and more intimate dependence upon Jesus. Sometimes the devil comes and he causes suffering in our life in an attempt to topple the believer, to discourage the believer, to take our eyes off of the promises that we've been given in Jesus Christ, to cause us to despair. But you know what? When when Satan comes and when he does that, he ends up shooting himself in the foot. Because the suffering caused by the devil intended to destroy our faith actually drives us into a deeper dependence upon the sufficiency of Jesus' grace. So when the devil tries to destroy your faith in Jesus, he actually draws you closer to Jesus in dependence upon him. That's why we can count it all joy whenever we face trials of many kinds because if we live in this body here on earth, we win in Jesus. We win in Jesus. And winning doesn't mean that we escape everything that's bad. Martin Luther said it best when he wrote about our suffering and death caused by evil forces Martin Luther says, were they to take our house? Think about that. If your house was taken away, 
If they were to take our, our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse, though life be wrenched away, even if, if our life is wrenched away, Satan cannot win the day. Why? Because the kingdom's ours forever. The only way for a person to lose in this life is when they reject Jesus. When a person has Jesus, though every earthly possession be taken away, they still win. Did you know that if you lost everything today, if you lost everything today, you would still have Jesus and you would still have the victory? And then if God allowed the devil to take away even your physical life, you would still win. You would still win. In Jesus, you can't lose. The only defeat comes to us by rejecting Jesus as Savior. And when a person rejects Jesus as Savior, they, they lose everything. They lose everything today, everything that truly matters today. And they lose in eternity. But those who are trusting in Jesus Christ as Savior, they win. Even when it looks like they lose. In eternity, there's a brand new home. Jesus won the victory. And he gave us the victory. So Jesus says in John 14, 1 through 6, No matter what happens in this life, no matter what happens to you in this life, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. And it's my prayer today that you can say that. That my heart today is not troubled. Then he says why. Why, why is it that we can live without hearts being troubled through the suffering, sufferings that we face today? Let not your hearts be troubled. Why? Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe in Jesus. Believe that in Jesus you win today and you win for eternity. And also believe this, that in Jesus' house, in, in his Father's house, are many rooms. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And Jesus says, and you know the way. You know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And what did Jesus say? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there is only one door through which you can enter, through which you can enter into this brand new home. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Some would like to believe that all paths lead to God. They would say that it doesn't matter what you believe in, just as long as you believe in something. 
But we are not universalists. We do not believe that everyone will enter through the door of Jesus into the brand new home prepared for us. Because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this brand new home provided for you by Jesus has one door. There is only one door into this brand new home for you. And it's one beautiful door. And that door is Jesus. That door is Jesus. John 10, 9 said, Jesus said this. He says, I am the door. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. The one door into this brand new home is unlocked to all people who repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So I ask you today, have you repented of sin and do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? In other words, have you come? Have you come to believe that your sin separates you from God? And that your sin keeps you from entering into this brand new home in heaven? And do you believe that your sins need to be washed away? And do you believe that only Jesus can wash your sins away? Do you believe that by Jesus' blood shed upon the cross and his resurrection, your sins are forgiven? That you are cleansed of all sin by the blood of Jesus? Do you believe these things? Do you believe that Jesus rose again from the dead and that he is alive to give you this victory in life in death if you believe today if you believe on the lord jesus christ as your savior today this brand new home is yours this door has been unlocked to you to enter in to everlasting life not only do you have a brand new home in heaven, you have a brand new perspective. You have a brand new perspective on who Jesus is. And you have brand new life today in Jesus Christ. You're no longer living for yourself because you've been made alive by Jesus to live for him. And not only do you have a brand new perspective and a brand new life, but you're given a brand new attitude you have the attitude of a humble Christ-like servant. And today, you have a brand new family in the church. And the family of believers gathered together around his word. So in Jesus, all things are made brand new. A brand new perspective, a brand new life, a brand new attitude, a brand new family and the gathering of God's people, the church. And now a brand new home in heaven. Brand new home in heaven for, for you who trust in Jesus Christ. So one day we will, we will enter into eternity. We will enter into that brand new home in heaven. And what's heaven like? What's heaven like? Well, there's a lot of things I could say about heaven today, but it's a place void of all sin, death, suffering, and sorrow. Heaven is to be present with the Lord. 
for all of eternity. And really, the only thing that matters about heaven and what heaven is like is the fact that Jesus is there and that we will be with Jesus for eternity. Next week, we'll learn more about our eternity with Jesus and what that looks like and what that's going to be like for us. We'll talk about a brand new earth because Jesus promises to make all things new. He even promises a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus is indeed making all things new. But today, you who are listening to me today, are you struggling? Is there a difficulty in your life? Is there any way in which you are struggling spiritually or in your life? We want to lead you to Jesus. Because being with Jesus is what truly matters. Did you know that I don't have the answers? I don't have the answers. That's why we want to lead you to Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the answer. So we want to lead you to Jesus today. We want to pray with you. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, we want to pray with you today. Ask Jesus to come into your heart, to come into your life, to be your Savior. If you know Jesus, if you know him as your Savior and you're struggling today in any way, we want to lead you to Jesus too. We want to lead you to Jesus through this ministry of prayer to speak God's promises into your life. Our goal here at Maple Park is to lead all people to Jesus, to lead people who don't trust him as Savior into a saving relationship with him, and to lead believers into a deeper trust and relationship with him. So I ask you, please reach out to us today. Call us, text us, message us, email us, send us a letter through the email, it, it doesn't, through the mail, it doesn't matter. Because we are here for you. We are here to minister to you today. By listening to you and by leading you. Leading you to Jesus. Leading you to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Let us pray to Jesus now. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We lay our hearts before you. And Lord, I know that many people are, are, are experiencing difficulty in their lives in many different ways. Brothers and sisters in Christ that need to be reminded of your promises. People who have never received Jesus as Savior, who need the good news of the gospel. Heavenly Father, I pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would work in our hearts. That you would lead all of us back to you again, so that we would know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray, I pray that by your grace and your mercy that you would bring healing to those who need healing, that you would bring peace to those who need peace. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would be able to support and to encourage each other as a family, as this brand new family of believers, and to encourage each other that, yes, we will have troubles, but there's no need for our hearts to be troubled because we believe in Jesus. We believe in him, and he's prepared a brand new home for us. So comfort us in this reality today. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.